Welcome to Inside Legion, the podcast that takes place inside David Holler's mind. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And we have, thankfully, we have Alex away from his uh, Zoo Morning Zoo crew uh, <laughs> to come here and do the. What are you talking about? Voice and leave behind uh, BJ and the Legion Bear. voice. Is that better? I think that's right. I mean, they're all variations on the same thing. Fresh from the crypt, Alex Albin. Speaking of the crypt, this was an episode that was not dead. That was one of the worst segues I've ever done. (laughs) I really, my head is not in this. I'm really sorry, you guys. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about this episode. Right before we got on, I uh, said this is one of the more straightforward episodes of Legion, and Pete said, wrong. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens when we talk about it. Watch it again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Again. Uh, This is great. Uh, This is we're going to be talking about Chapter 12, uh, the most recent episode of Legion. Just to give you guys a little bit of a recap of where we were. So David Holler played by Dan Stevens, has... <laughs> of Downton Abbey. Cool, yeah, you love him. <laughs> Might also recognize him as the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Maybe not because he did motion capture for most of it. You probably recognize the Beast. Alex, you're falling too far back. You're, you're too far deep. <laughs> You've gone uh, too far. Anyway, uh, there has been an invasion of Division 3, which is a joint human mutant task force. Uh, they were infected with a virus called the Catalyst, where everybody chattered their teeth. David and a small team went through Division 3 trying to free everybody. They managed to free Tonomy last episode. Uh, They also managed to free Melanie Bird. And at the very end of the episode, they discovered that Sid had been infected with the virus as well, or at least we thought. Uh, And so David went inside of her mind. So this is actually the podcast that takes place inside Sid's mind. I should have said that at the beginning. I messed up big time. We switched over. Also, I wanted to point out, uh, Justin was actually right. In the last uh, episode, he said, and I feel like there was a shot of David in the snow, and we were both like, ah, fuck you, Justin, you're making shit up. Yeah. I mean, I said I just didn't remember it. I wasn't that rude. Oh. Yeah, well, you're both wicked wrong and wicked rude. <laughs> so you're from just Boston also, all of a sudden? Yeah. Wicked, wicked wrong. Head. Yeah, and uh, hey, Sid, we should also explain, uh, this is David Holler's true love. They've been dating for the past season sort of on again off well, again. on again off again they had that year break where he was stuck in the uh, stuck in a ball yeah yeah same same yeah. dude Been there. that's a great excuse a lot of people use that excuse <laughs> oh the old stuck in a yeah. ball excuse yeah uh sorry i went out and i got stuck in a ball yeah how many girls have you broken up with that way stuck in a ball let's see <laughs> one two three uh seven nice yeah. Nice job. Sometime I've been stuck in multiple balls. <laughs> yeah. I uh one time I said that I got stuck in some playground equipment and they were like, I understand. What is that? Uh, just like, you know, you get stuck. It's other places to get stuck. That's oh, all nice. I'm saying. Right, right. Uh I thought you were trying to say like you wanted to have kids. Oh <laughs> <laughs> got That's stuck a in a cool little way to tell your uh significant other you want to have kids. I hey, thought that was some I'm weird stuck in some playground equipment. <laughs> I thought it was some weird sex thing you were into. Um I mean same, right? Like same thing. Yeah, both of your children were conceived on a playground. It's true. That's why my children are named Slide and Swings. (laughs) Swings. (laughs) Swings Swings is a good name. Swings is my favorite (laughs) name for a child. That's not what my kids are named. Don't look that up. My man, Uh, Swings Albin. (laughs) Swings. Uh, so we should mention uh, just very briefly, Sid's power is to switch places with somebody, usually the mind, bodies. sometimes the body as well. Uh, and at the end of the switch, she switches back, right? right. 
Like, yes. yeah. literally the bodies switch places. Which I thought that was interesting. I right. had forgotten that. I thought it was sort of the classic version of, like, the rogue power where you yeah. right. move in and out. But uh, the the actual spatial switching, yeah, that's plays something an we haven't role. seen all season. Yeah, uh, so it was but a little bit did, of a reminder this episode. They did go over it in the first season when yeah. we were. Oh, and one other little bit of recap uh, before we get into it because this is a thing that's happening as well. Uh, Carrie and Carrie, who are two mutants who share the same body, uh, had found their uh, positions reversed. Carrie uh, was infected with the catalyst, and so Carrie went inside of her uh, because he didn't want to be apart from her. That's kind of where we left them off the last yes. episode. Uh, and there's one other thing that we'll probably get to before the end uh, about Lenny, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, yes, uh, we should. come on. Man. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, also, the monk that was perhaps the cause of the shattering teeth disease was killed at the end of last episode. Yes, yeah. well, he killed himself. He threw yeah. himself off a roof. Yeah. 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 There you go. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, basically, the entire episode is David trying to figure out Sid. That's yeah. pretty much it. We start off with this gorgeous sequence where Sid is inside of an igloo she crawls out of the igloo is born and we live through most of her life uh over the course of i think 10 minutes yeah, or something well, like, that. like yeah seven eight minutes and it feels like a this is us episode like yeah. it's set to this sort of like poppy song mm-hmm. uh and we get to see her sort of grow up i thought this was beautiful though i yeah. love the song right. choices throughout the episode i mean they're usually very good jeff russo's score is very good but here in particular they used a lot of uh Diegetic music? Is that the right word? Uh, yeah, where it's in the scene as well as... Uh, uh, yeah, where it's using words and it's describing stuff at the scene. Uh, well, diegetic technically means that this music is playing out of a device in the scene and right. then it becomes the soundtrack. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Hey, I'm learning stuff. Hey, no problem. Hey, hey forget about it. Wicked cool. <laughs> but I would like to say what was uh, very interesting with the igloo is kind of like how we're confused with the main character in the beginning. Where, like... It's a crazy transition before she goes out the igloo where like at first it's like you're hearing people have sex and then she's kind of crawling to it and then it becomes like, oh, it's birth. And then so it's like the whole kind of thing before it starts. You weren't in an igloo before you were born? No. You were, right, Justin? Yeah, I was. Yeah. For real? You guys were in igloos? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. I remember that real clear. Huh. I don't remember my igloo beforehand. Uh, Uh, Where were you beforehand? I don't, I, it wasn't anywhere beforehand. It didn't exist, I thought. All right, next episode, we're bringing in a hypnotist and we're going to That's, regress I you. Do not recommend this. You guys will <laughs> probably not make it out of the room a lot. Oh, Why, okay. if we open up, crack open the inside? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Nice. Uh, horrifying. So uh, I, I thought this at the top of the, show, the episode, I thought it was Future Sid. Mm. Uh, looking back, um, so uh, that was wrong, and it was fun to see that this was uh, like a, this repeated journey for her. Well, the other thing that was so interesting, uh, for I thought, too. and maybe this comes from having watched the whole episode, but I really felt while I was watching it like David feels later that I'm watching it and you watch baby Sid being put on her mom. And I was thinking, Oh, are they switching places at this point? And I spent a lot of the episode thinking that at that initial moment of birth, Sid touches her mom and then they switch places. And she essentially was raising herself. That was my theory while I was watching the episode. Clearly, obviously wrong. The other thing that I want to mention up front that I thought was kind of fascinating about this. So this is something different about Legion. 
this also has changed in the comic books, but in the comic books initially, uh, being a mutant was a metaphor for puberty. Like it was a metaphor for a lot of things, but when the X-Men started off, you would get your powers around the age of 13 or so, usually through some sort of traumatic event. Uh, so then when we go through this loop watching Sid's life the third time or the fourth time, when she ends up, uh, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but there's a boy who's bullying her on yeah. uh, not the playground, on uh, the basketball Here court. We go with the playground again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going to happen if you're on a playground. <laughs> uh, bullying her on the basketball court, and she, he wants a kiss, and she says, "Fine, you want a kiss?" And kisses him. They switch places. Given my comic book brain, I thought, oh, this is the traumatic event. This is the first time we're actually seeing her powers. But then later in the episode, we find out that's wrong. She's yeah. really, she's had them all along. Yeah. And I think Dan Stevens, uh, who played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. he and plays David Holler on this show, he also had his powers the whole time. So this is a little bit of a change from mm-hmm. X-Men comics. Well, and I think the, the metaphor I feel like this show is using is more about, about psychology and less about the trauma of going through puberty or that change. It's more about like all the collection of all the things that make up, make you up. And mm-hmm. it's about that sort of series of traumas that make a personality. And that's what I loved about this uh, episode is uh, David Holler the whole time is trying to figure out the puzzle of Sid, yeah. like find a solution. And the, I feel like one of the lessons here is like, there's not a solution. There's, it's not a puzzle to figure out. It's a person. Right. And yeah. he has to like actually meet her head on as a person. Well, before we get into kind of like him figuring her out, I wanted to talk about a moment that Zeldin brought up, like that kind of big moment. I thought it was really cool where here's a person who is bullied by three people, then switches bodies. And now she has the power. And what an amazing moment where she got to, you know, beat the crap out of her bullies. That was pretty amazing. I don't know for you guys, but I was jumping up and down like, yeah, get him. Really? Get I em. don't think that's what we were supposed to take away from that sequence at all. Uh, yeah, I feel like was, maybe you guys are wrong. On this. It was pretty traumatic. Uh, it feels like she's acting out and getting her revenge. And then she feels horrible about it she takes advantage of this guy to and then has him beat up these women he wait takes advantage of the guy he was the one bullying her she yeah no like, no you yeah. want to kiss asshole you asked for it. but no one's good in this in that sequence like sid it's wrong of her to uh overtake this person wait, and get it's him wrong to beat those bullies Yes, it is wrong yeah. to How to are they take. Learn they're being way out of line. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> you stay away from swings. Yeah, uh, I know. My you child, who your child swings. swings. And also, stay away from swings too, because yeah. you're going to get <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Ed slide. Uh, I know we're jumping around quite a bit talking about this episode, but it's mostly, like we said, it's because it's this loop that. Uh, David keeps trying to figure out over the course of 43 minutes or so with some slight interjections. We find out more about Sid, like uh, her mother seems to be some sort of literary figure. She's giving speeches to groups who are gathered in their house. Uh, We find out that Sid goes through a rebellious phase where she dresses up as a punk and goes to clubs. And we see this great sequence of her uh, using her elbows and just switching back and forth with people's bodies. Uh, She is drinking on the sly while her mother and her mother's boyfriend are hanging out. Uh, We'll get to some stuff later, but I I did want to talk just to get back to the sequence where she takes over the boy's body David later in the episode when he's really when he really thinks he's figured her out he talks about how she's cutting herself and he says you're using 
Yeah, it's very intense. Uh, he talks about the scissors he's using, and he says, you use the dullest scissors because those hurt the most. And his speech, at least, and she gives an alternate take on it, but his speech, at least, is about moments like that where they hurt you back. You think that you're causing the pain, but you're the one who's actually getting hurt. And that's what I think is happening there in that moment, is she thinks she's going to get this release by beating up these three girls who have been torturing her uh, emotionally over years at school, but she's the one that ultimately feels it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, um, it's really... Also, like, the journey. How are you guys doing with the again? Were, were you guessing, like, what he's missing? Uh, yeah, but I th- like I said before, I think that's the lesson of this is, like, don't try to figure. People aren't a puzzle to solve. They're, like, someone to get to know and, like, talk to and, like, f- not figure out, but, like, just be with. I thought when he gave the speech about how much he loves her, I was like, okay, that's what you do, like, you lead with, you know, like, I love you. This is, you know, your life is okay with me. You don't, you know. And I thought for sure, I was like, yeah, he finally said it. And I was like, nope. Yeah. Now, there's another aspect uh, that gets thrown in halfway through the episode as David is trying to figure things out. Uh, there's another, I keep saying great moment, but there's so many great moments in this episode. I yeah. really yeah. did love the focus great of episode. this episode in particular, where he sits down with Kid Sid. Uh, I think it's probably six-year-old oh, Sid yeah. or something like that, and says, hey, I'm a teacher. How are you doing? And Kid Sid turns to him and says, nope, you're, not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're cheating. cheating. I love that part. You're cheating. And explains to him that, no, you're not going to figure me out this way. I yeah. thought that was great. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, I want to jump out, jump back a little bit and say, um, what year is this show set? Mm. This episode specifically? Because it's got to be like I'm thinking late 90s. But the design, the everything with Sid's mom feels like the '60s. She has a mm-hmm. the, the zombies poster, through band from the '60s, like, and then the punk rock stuff feels like '80s. So, how, like, is that just the design of the show, or are we meant to think that oh, maybe this show, entire show, takes place in the past? There, I've read some theories about this, yeah. and nobody knows for sure, and they haven't confirmed it. I do think ultimately, my my take on it is, it is it's just a stylistic choice that they're just trying to give it a look, trying to make it look very sixties. But some folks have pointed to in terms of little X Men pieces and references that they've dropped that if you were to go with the movie timeline it potentially is kind of concurrent with X-Men First Class, which doesn't exactly make sense in terms of the Professor X of it all. Right. But also, this is most likely a different alternate universe. Like, this is not the same universe as the movies. People keep trying to fit it into the timeline, but it doesn't quite work there. So, which is a long way of saying, personally, I think it takes place in, like, a mishmash of 60s, 70s, 80s, and it doesn't really matter when it is. Yeah. But what do you guys think? uh, Well, I think the character in the comic books, I think, was created in the 60s, 70s, right? So maybe that's what the the take is in the way that comic book characters are simultaneously, uh, their origin was in like the 60s, but they're also sort of young in the current day. Like, I feel like they play with this a lot in Spider-Man. And so that's what I think they've done here, sort of made it 
hey, it's all of comic book uh, history is sort of always happening and always being refreshed. Yeah, I like that take. I yeah. think that's interesting. Um, and I think it just points to what Noah Hawley is trying to do is evoke a feeling more than an actual plot or timeline or anything right. like that. I completely forgot the thing that I wanted to say about the Kid Sid moment, though, which is David immediately after says, no, you can't figure me out this way, says, hold on. I got Melanie out by figuring out her problem. I got Tonomy out by figuring out his problem. And he realizes that maybe she hasn't actually been infected with the catalyst. Yeah. So how is she doing this? Well, that's the thing, because when she wants to pull him out of there, she just like makes a hand motion and the whole screen goes white. So she's like kind of in control of this thing. It's not kind of the other way around. This is sort of, to me, it was sort of like, a we need to have a talk moment with their yeah. relationship uh, and yeah, it's like everything else was on hold everybody woke up and they were still under yeah and that was kind of a cool moment i was like yeah she's not done with him yet God. she was just standing there chattering her teeth a little bit yeah was like, <laughs> just chilling yeah which i've been there um and i think that especially you with sometimes freeze where you are and just chatter your teeth yeah if i want if i want attention from people i just will stop and people are like oh let's check on what justin's up to oh, he has the catalyst again yeah. Uh, but I do think that their relationship has been, you know, messed up since he was gone for that year. And this was like a long overdue check in. <laughs> so where are they then? Yeah, because they're in Sid's brain. You think so? Yeah. I, I but, think. Oh, go ahead. B. But the, she, I'm sorry. She also was like, wasn't like, hey, thank you. Like, she was just like, no, I want to watch the world burn. Do you want to burn it with me? Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, a nice, like, this is almost kind of like a villain reveal where she was just, like, these, all these things happen, they make you stronger, they make you, like, it wasn't like a, hey, thanks for getting to know me, like, feel-good relationship. She's like, yeah, I have a lot of rage, and, like, I want to burn this down. Are you down with that? Yeah. And I he feel, just laughs. I feel like, yeah, because he thinks, to me, it, it seems like he took it as a joke almost, and I think this is actually pointing toward maybe where Sid is going to be at the end of this sh- uh, season, I feel like. Um, like I, I was saying... I'm a little scared for uh, what's going on with Sid. Future Sid feels maybe evil, yeah. uh, maybe mm. a bad guy. Interesting. And, and I think that maybe that's what they're setting up with when this. someone's like, hey, let's burn this mother down, like that's not like... Unless you're you're a confusing dude, Pete, because you just spent like approximately 15 minutes talking about how cool it was that a boy beat up three girls. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. But you're a little scared about somebody saying, let's burn this all down. Is it just the fire? Are you scared of fire? No, I'm just saying that like I recognize when, uh, uh, you know, somebody's like dark and a little crazy. Gabe recognizes Gabe. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, yo, if I, yeah. I'm, wow. I'm worried Gabe about, respects Gabe. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried about Sid and uh, what she's really got going on. Uh, that's really and funny. it doesn't seem like David is really aware of it, so I'm a little nervous. Hmm, about that's interesting. I didn't get that take, but I, I can see where you guys are coming from. I think... We're jumping ahead to the end of the episode now where they end up back in the igloo. David has finally not exactly figured it out, but almost given up on figuring it out in a way. Uh, Like what we're talking about, he's decided, no, this is we're just having a talk. And he talks about the shallow cuts. He talks about the hurt. He explains that he's been there. And Sid gives this great metaphor where she talks about love is like being in a bathtub. And, a hot bath. And, hot yeah, bath. like a hot it bath. It starts beautiful, and then you're like, 
Right. And then, well, when she said, she was like, and you know what happens next? I was like, you turn it to a raisin. Uh, but that's not what she said. No. She didn't say raisin at all. She said soft, which she I think it. is wrong because I feel like my fingers get hard if I stay in a bath too long. I think she was sort of not focused on like fun little uh, <laughs> finger thing. It was more like vegetables in a soup. Yes. Like they get yes. soft uh, and sort of melt together. And she's like, no, we need to be hard. Yeah, she's like, like, stay hard. Like, get hard, stay hard. Yeah, like, don't let up. Yeah, the fact that she looks at it's getting soft is kind of scary. And she sort of believes that, like, they need to keep their armor up and keep their pain real because of the keep coming the fight. Yeah. Also, like, I want to talk about the first couple of times you saw it. If you notice, like David was in the background before they yeah. rebuild it, which was kind of that like, was cool. The first time she runs out to her mom telling the story, like David's in the back corner. I was like, oh shit, David's there. Yeah, and I love how throughout the episode you see him in reflections and different things. There was a, that was a fun visual the choice. Show is just so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's real. You can't look away. Like I can't even look down to take notes. I have to pause. Yeah. It makes you want to watch it again. Can we take a step back and talk about the climactic moment before the conversation of the episode where Sid switches bodies with her mom? Uh, well, let's talk about let's talk through the other stuff a little bit first, because oh, sure. uh, there's a lot that got us there. Um, well, I guess I just the uh, talk about some of the great lot like you think ghosts like living in a haunted house. Like, yeah. I feel like the writing in this episode was just spot on top yeah. to bottom. And the art gallery stuff was really amazing. I think we can all agree PDA is disgusting, right? I mean, that PDA? was kind of the, you know, that was the takeaway. The- well, what'd you think about the Wait, practical- when you say PDA, do you mean Picasso the artist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean Picasso the artist. Sir, that was impressive. Thank you. I, I want to, I've been along the ride for a long time. That one was really great. Yeah, you really did. We should mention, just in case you did watch the episode, I don't know why you're listening to this if you didn't, but uh, there's a recurring moment that they come back to that David thinks is the crucial moment that Sid is trying to show him, where they're in an art gallery and there's a couple making out of the art gallery. And David keeps returning to that and thinks, aha, what you want is you want kisses. You want girl stuff, like little kisses. Yeah, you want somebody to pay attention to you. Yeah. Flashback of all her like kiss moments where she like kissed the mirror and all these things. Yeah, she was kept practicing think, kisses. Like, oh, David's right. Like he is onto something. And we should say like we're recording at Pete's house today, and when we walked in, he was practicing kisses in the mirror. Yeah, he was. Guys, why would you tell everybody? I just no, want to say great. that you're really good at it, and yeah, I'm really, it seems like you're, I'm really. I'm like you in my no, this is how you repay me. You look like a really good kisser. Yeah. And I just, I think you're working on it, and it's getting really good. Yeah. And if any of you uh, ladies out there want a kiss from Pete, oh, uh, email us at kissdepete at <laughs> gmail. <laughs> kissdepete. Kiss hey, kissdepete. Uh, uh, any other moments you want to check well, in we, on? If we uh, want to follow, I, like, I feel like we should talk about that scene last, because it was the most intense. Sure. Uh, maybe we want to talk about Division 3. I guess we end up there. Yeah, we, we could, Yeah, we could talk about the Carrie Carrie stuff, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, so we've learned that the, when the monk died, the chattering, the catalyst was, was done. Right. Which is so interesting, that's interesting because the hilarious way that we found that out where they come back and, uh, you know, peg legs walk up by and they're like, Hey, 
hey, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, it turns out, you know, it was just such a funny kind of hear- hurried moment. Right. The interesting thing about that, and we talked about this a little bit on the last episode of the podcast, is Farouk tells David that the monk is the cause of the catalyst, and Farouk was just kind of showing up later, chasing after him to yeah. try to find out where his body is. We speculated that Farouk was probably lying, because Farouk always lies. Turns out he's telling the truth. Yeah. I trust fact, him completely. 100%. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, I flipped. He said one truthful thing. Well, I do think that does point to something that uh, clearly we've been conditioned to think Amal Farouk is the bad guy. He's called the Shadow King, for God's sake. We've trusted monks for too long. Yeah, They're chill. They're making chants. They're making beer. They're fun. It's bullshit. Yeah. Take a hard stance on monks. Anti-monk. And the TV show Monk, also bullshit. What? <laughs> yes. Come on, that guy's amazing. Tony Shalhoub? Tony Shalhoub? No. More he... like Tony Shalhoub. Oh, come oh, on. Oh, nice. Come on. No, no I, I will Tony never Shalub. move past his role as Anthony Scarpacci on TV's Wings. Oh, really? That's where you stop? <laughs> Have you seen The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yeah. Uh, yes, great. He's great on he that. He is great on that, too. But, man, also, Antonio man, Scarpacci. He's fantastic in that. No, watch Wings. Great show. Yeah. That, that show was a real star baker. I think we could all agree on that. Yes, that, is, that is. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Sandman. Lowell. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Never accepted him. Steven Weber. Also, if you can't accept me at Lowell, you don't deserve me at Sandman. <laughs> there was also kind of a, a new twist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> meme that shit, motherfucker. Uh, there was also a new twist. <laughs> season one where, like, she was strapped to a bed in a loony bin that was kind of where we all met everybody. Yeah. I also love the tie into season one that David Holler was the main character and that um, all the other characters <laughs> were in it. It's a great... It all sort of... woke up and she was strapped to the bed? To me, it was more like, if you get into punk rock, rock you're going to get in locked up. Yeah, stay away, kids. <laughs> yeah. Anti-punk rock as well as monk? No. Pro-punk, anti-monk. Very briefly, I wanted to talk about the Kerry <laughs> Carey stuff because uh, they separate each other again. And again, just a delightful visual bit. Like, yeah. it's clear that Bill Irwin is just below the camera, but they pull his arm up and then he falls on the floor. I I talk about this every episode, but I love this stuff. I yeah. love that they're it's not like, fun. here's a CGI thing with a portal inside Carrie that he's yeah. pulling out of. It's really just like, oh, help me out. Help me yeah. out. And his hand is standing up. It's, it's a classic wonderful. thumb, uh, pull your thumb apart trick. It is. That's what this entire show is like. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, truly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know uh, how that works? It's not They figure their stuff real. out. Uh, they are separated again. Uh, the chattering virus is gone. Uh, they realize immediately that means everybody they've been keeping in a room together is cured and just all standing in a room together, probably very confused. And they said, well, he, the, uh, Melted Face guy was like, oh, they really have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. This is fun. So the other major character of the episode is Sid's mom. We don't, yeah. we get to see her do a lot of stuff, but we don't necessarily find out a lot about her. Uh, we should mention that she's played by Lily Rabe. I don't know if you guys know the actress, but she's been on American Horror Story a lot. The fun connection, and I'm guessing probably the reason she ended up on the show, is she has been dating Hamish Linklater, who plays Clark, Melted Face Guy, yeah. for a really long time. They have a kid together. Uh, she was actually on the Legion carpet, and everybody's like, oh, why is she there? Oh, because she's together with Hamish Linklater. Turns out she's a major part of the season. Holy uh, shit. So that was, that was kind of cute, I thought. That's that cute. Nice casting. Hamish. Hamish. That's a worse name than Swings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> 
So, well, you tell it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> I want you by Zoo Crew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been wanting to join a Zoo Crew for years. All right. So let's talk about what you want to talk sure. about. The so, shower scene. Uh, we, see, we see through the other the episode, there's a real separation between Sid and her mom. As close as they are, because of Sid's powers, her mom is always remote from her in some way, yeah, like right. literally physically remote. Sometimes when they're sleeping together, she's covering her with a pillow. So she never really touches her kid. Also, yeah. There was that really powerful moment where it's just the shot of the baby and the kid. You see the mom like reach her hand down immediately starts to cry. The daughter doesn't cry. You know, so yeah. So d- it seems as though the mom does the mom know about her powers? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, or, well, or is Sid hiding it the entire time? Mm. I guess with the arm on the pillow, it would seem like maybe she does I, I know. Th- I think she does know. Like it had to have happened at some yeah. point, right. and it is weird to think did it happen at birth? You know, when did Sid's powers manifest? Because they're skin on skin right at the beginning, and. Uh, classic th- baby move. Yeah, classic baby move. Uh, that is a thing that you're supposed to do immediately after the baby is born. Pete. Pete. Great. Thanks. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Also, it helps you form a strong connection. So actually, Pete, you and I should do some skin on skin time, too. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is you're kissing those mirrors. That's going to lead to other things. You're going to have a mirror baby. You're going to have a mirror baby. <laughs> Pete's mirror baby. you got to put skin on skin. Yeah. So Pete's mirror baby named E.T. Yeah. Uh, my point is, do you think do you think they switched at that point? Yes. Yeah. Well, let me throw this out to you. The scene we're about to talk about, the mom doesn't seem... Yeah, that, that's what drove me a little crazy. So I don't... It makes me feel like maybe I, she doesn't. I, I'm not sure. We'll talk about this. So uh, Sid is in her pugs phase. Uh, she is at home with her mom and her mom's boyfriend. I assume it's mom's boyfriend and not new husband or anything right. like boyfriend, that, right? Uh, they're on the couch together. Uh, the mom falls asleep on the couch. The boyfriend goes to take a shower. Sid sees it, walks over to her mom, is terrified, touches her mom's face, switches places with her mom. Well, there was also a moment where I thought she was going to go in the shower as the kid. Where she was like opening the door, looking in. I was well, like, she Yo, what sees him in there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, get out of there. What are you and doing? And I think she realizes, oh, he's in there. Maybe this is a thing that I could try. Yeah. Touches her mom's face, switches, takes off all of her clothes, gets in the shower with the boyfriend. In a classic Tom Hanks big moment, but more fucked up. <laughs> yeah, she way goes more in. fucked up. <laughs> no, uh, but the, the, where she's just like eyeballing his skin and then touches it, it's kind of a beautiful moment before all the fucked up shit happens. Yeah, it is. And I think that's all. Again, this gets back to the thing of cutting yourself and you don't realize how much it's actually going to hurt. And you are the main person you are going to hurt in this scenario. She wants to do this because she thinks she knows it's wrong. She knows she shouldn't be doing it. She knows it probably will hurt people, but she doesn't realize how much. And so she goes in as a 13 year old. All she realizes it wants to do is touch this hot naked guy. And then he sees it as, it's my girlfriend, Yeah, gives her an intensely strong kiss, turns around and takes her from behind in the shower. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's what happens. Unnecessary. (laughs) I mean, but that's, I'm sorry, I didn't make the show. Oh, cool, want to act it out for us, Alex? I mean, if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) You're a good cop, by the way. (laughs) So, uh, and then in the middle of that happening... They switch back. The mother finds herself on the couch, totally naked, goes over to the shower, finds Sid completely closed, shivering. The boyfriend says, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. The mother pauses, then screams at him, tells him to get out, and the cops take him away. Right. So here, 
I think she knows. Well, then why the fuck would you have your friend arrested for nothing? Because I think she has to hide it to protect Sid. Interesting. I did not think that based on the way she reacts. Yeah. Because uh, she's like, she's 13, she's 13, all that. Like, it, yeah, she was... If she is hiding it, that's a very elaborate... Uh, and maybe, maybe that's, may that's all me taking it away from. Like, there is a split second pause before the mob says anything. I took that as her seeing the situation, being like, "What is going on here?" But you may be right. I don't know. What do you think, Pete? I, it, I was just surprised because they switched bodies before that. The mom wasn't like, "Oh fuck, all right." Uh, you know, I was really surprised with the reaction to that. So I, she can't touch her. She knows that. Also, in the story where that lady touches her shoulder and screams, the mom completely stops reading her play, turns around and addresses what happens. So it's like she is very much aware. Right. So I was surprised that by the reaction when she woke up on the couch and then saw her daughter in the... Well, what I take away from that is that, and I could be interpreting it wrong, absolutely, but what I take away from it is that her mom at the end of the day is there for her and protects her at all costs that we have this story that almost plays out like a remote mother who is involved in her own stuff, has her own relationships, isn't there for Sid. And that certainly seems like how kid Sid is taking it. Like most kids do. I think you look at it, you're like, God, mom is always hosting these book meetings and always off with her boyfriend and never paying attention to me. But at the end of the day, when something happens, you see the mob switch on a dime, like you're saying, and immediately protect Sid, no matter what it costs anybody else. So that, again, that's why I took that away from the shower moment. But you know, I don't yeah. think we're necessarily supposed to know one way or the other. Uh, that's interesting because I thought it was sort of putting it, showing Sid the, the increasing ramifications of her powers and how the, seeing that guy get dragged out was about her watching that and be like, "Wow, I wanted to do this. I'm inflicting this damage on my on these other people, and it's bouncing back on her even harder." Well, I think that's true too. I think that's yeah. what's going on with Sid. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we should talk about the end of the episode before oh, we wrap oh, up. Yeah. So Sid does come out of uh, this fugue state. Uh, one more thing that actually I want to mention, just because we were talking about, like, whose head is it taking place in? Again, just a theory. But because she wipes it and they're in this white room, I think what it actually is going on is she has David in this shared mind space that they've created. Their on the sex ad. place. Yeah. yeah, their sex place in the astral plane, which is the white room. Yeah. And that's where they are. Like, David that thinks they're sense. inside Sid's mind, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. yeah. Sid put on a show. There you go. The ultimate sex is just getting to know people. Oh, man, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Because we've been having sex for 10 years. So at the end of the episode, Coming they get out here, of baby. the state uh, and see all of the guards are running through Division 3. They follow the guards to see what's going on. And Letty, Aubrey Plaza is there, and she <laughs> says, I'm back, guys. And that's where the end of the episode. Oh, what an, just a touching, unbelievable moment, like the fact that Lenny is now back in the mix. So what do you think is going on here? Who is this? Which Lenny is this? Who cares? I'm just so <laughs> <laughs> Just the fact that she was being dragged in in cuffs, like, ah. Uh, plus, like, she killed herself in that other plane, so what did she do to get there, and who is she in, and, like, what? Well, that's the thing is, Lenny is a junkie that David met when he was a kid. 
and ever since. No, no, no. Then, he didn't but, even meet as a kid. They met inside uh, the insane asylum, inside Clockwork. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Uh, Everything else was a memory was created flashback. By a right, right, right. Uh, well, so she is a real person, but has been long removed from, like, died in the in Clockworks, right? So she's not tech shouldn't be alive in the Earth and on the Earth. So she's either a Amal Farouk in someone else's body, right, uh, or some sort of physical manifestation of uh, thought or this infection. Or she went through a whole igloo thing and you know, was born. Yeah. Uh, because what I was saying in the last episode, it seems like Lenny is getting less powerful and having more personality. So I feel like that relates to her being manifest in this episode. Yeah, I I certainly took away, and I hope this is the direction you're going. I think this is Letty. Like, this is Letty, the person that we only briefly met in Clockworks, who was the junkie who's back. And I take that from the, what she looks like and the fact that people are actually touching her. I think that she did figure out a way to get out of uh, Mal Farouk's pool zone and make herself real in some way. But then the other question off that is, did Farouk allow her to do that? And if so, how did this all of this happen? So there's a lot of questions there. Uh, yes, that is definitely <laughs> true. Uh, I think that he did allow her to get out, and it's part of his plan to get Sid. I think Amal Farouk is going to use Sid to get more powerful. Oh, uh, interesting. So you think, well, we talked about this a little bit with Future Sid. You yeah. had a theory, I think, yeah, that, that Future Sid is Farouk. Is Farouk, and that um, when he his body, they kill his body, and I think he flips, puts Sid in his body that they kill, and he enters Sid. Yeah, but that oh, only... Man. So you think they kill Sid? Yeah, potentially. Oh, jeez. But it doesn't... It's not a permanent. The switch is only a... Well, but he's very powerful. He could maybe make it permanent. Or if the body that you switch out of dies, then it would seem like that would make it permanent. Yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. (laughs) That Uh, is what I'm talking about. Speaking of the music, though, I want to talk uh, real briefly about how the music starts super positive and bright at the beginning of this episode. And then each uh, song is darker. Yeah. uh, Well, except for the ending music, which was really cool. Burning Down the House. Burning Down the House, which was also in theme. Really? She was dark. Uh, version of Freedom burning. Version of it was was fun. It was fun. I laughed. I was like, "Yeah!" You hate fire. I'm fine with fire. I thought that cover <laughs> was great. By the way, I great. thought it was really good. But I, I see what you're saying. I think yep. that's really interesting. All right. Um, I thought we could switch it up at the end of the episode because oh, like we've been do a switch with Sid. Yeah, there you go. Uh, because we've been doing this anyway. So instead of asking what is real. Why don't we ask what was not real in this mm. episode? Because that's honestly every single episode so far this season, at least, we've been like, what is real? And we're like, well, I'll tell you what's not real. Yeah, yeah. Well, if everything was happening in the sex room, I don't know what was real then. Yeah. Wait, what was not real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think? I mean, I, the real question is what we just talked about it, is Lenny. Is Lenny real? Uh, Lenny's real. Stop pushing Lenny. Uh, so I think Lenny's not real. Wow, I think I think Lenny's real. You think Lenny's real? Yeah. So there, that's what we have to figure. Outvoted. Out. Oh, yeah. All right. That's Call how shows no work. Holly. Call no Holly. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to support this show and other shows, we do Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at eight PM at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat about Legion or whatever you want to talk about. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the guests we have on our live show. 
Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at Comic Book Club uh, Live.com for the podcast more. And stay tuned for the top 10 songs of the week. <laughs> Hong Kong Bang. Yeah, I'm really glad I brought you on board. <laughs> yeah, I do sounds.